When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in. It's Roadshow today at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're here at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Big Ten Media Days kicked off. We've been here, part of the KFOR Morning Show, uh, since early, early, and lots of folks have come and gone. Uh, we will have some of those conversations to uh, to tell you about and let you hear in. Uh, just the next couple of hours. Uh, we are excited to be here on the road. Big thanks to Elijah Herbal for rolling up his sleeves and gutting it out all day along with me. And uh, you can join us today if you like, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in can tweet at us at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So the day has been this. It has been Minnesota. It has been Northwestern. It has been Michigan. It has been Iowa. It has been Nebraska, Elijah, who got things kicked off. And it was Scott Frost this morning as Nebraska was, was in and out, man. They were, well, they, they, um, they, they, pretty much uh, were indicative of my trips into the grocery store. Get in, pick up a couple of steaks and a sixer, get out, fire the grill up. Nebraska has fan fan day going on in about an hour, I'm pretty sure. And then they they get ready to rock and roll for camp. Northwestern will start their camp on Thursday. But uh, some thoughts here from Trev Alberts. Uh, when it comes to, you know, if Nebraska was 11-1 and one every year, uh, A, I wouldn't be here. B, the last thing we'd be trying to do is create discomfort. Uh, Mitch Sherman will join us in about 20 minutes. Uh, he, <laughs> he hits the nail on the head like he so often does. Uh, a season of discomfort. All right, that's, that's potentially it, and... When we talk body language and wear it and on your sleeves, and I'm, I'm as bad as it gets. If I'm ticked off, you can see it in my face and in my body. Well, I don't know that Scott was ticked off, but it was already Elijah. It was already tense as Scott took the podium. I'm not trying to make too much out of it. It's just it's microscope time. It's year five, and you got a lot of new faces in new places to try and pull it all together and put together a, a win that not only a season that not only wins, but but wins a certain way it looks right it's a different product it looks way different than 
all the the heartache uh, and yet uh, tight ball games from three and nine a year ago. Yeah, well, well, uh, when Scott Frost took the stage, he was the first one up and said any opening statement from you, Scott. He said, no, let's just get straight to the questions. Is is this thing uh, expired yet? Is a clock off? Well, he like, (laughs) I laughed whenever he said that and he cracked a smile, but I think that was more of a, all right, I, I, I'd just rather get to whatever questions you guys want to ask me, whatever mm-hmm. the hell you're going to put me through with these questions here. I don't want to waste y'all's time with an opening statement. Ask me your questions. Let's get through this. That's what it felt like from Scott. It, looked, it felt like a, a, a almost a, a tense, give me the questions. I know I have to do it. It's part of the job description. Let's get through this. Let's get back and let's start fall camp. Hey, you know what, though? This is a great sign for the, uh, well, the, the longing for a good two-minute drill in the fourth quarter. Right? If you can be that efficient to get in, get out. <laughs> right? I mean, hey, this was this was executed perfectly, and uh, you, you got home for fan day. So He ran the ball uh, on first down by skipping the opening statement, got himself eight yards, and he just he picked his way down could, the field. It was just, he could play with second down, and, and it might have been a short side option. It's, it's all right. But uh, you, you have – uh, Kevin Warren kicked things off, and that took a while. And, and then, you know, Frost was asked about, uh, you know, what's what's going on? How's he feel about this year? And he's not he's trying not to pay attention to it. But, you know, you just – if you're a Nebraska fan and you're a Scott Frost fan, you hope this thing goes the right way. And it gets going in earnest today because camp starts tomorrow. We had a brief chat with Garrett Nelson, and, and very appreciative, as tight as the schedule was for Nebraska today, uh, Seamus and crew were, were, were gracious enough to to let some of the players here uh, visit Radio Row. So our chat, this segment coming up with Garrett Nelson, it is uh, quality, not quantity, uh, with, with our sit-down, but that's okay. Let's hear from Coach Frost as he was at the podium and, and also in some one-on-one. I shouldn't say one-on-one, but uh, that that um, the the breakout sessions where it, it's not uh, the center stage, but it's it's you know just off stage left, so to speak. But this is Coach Frost here on the pressure, uh, the more pressure to win this season. I don't pay any attention to it. it any, any year you're coaching at a school like Nebraska or any of these schools in the Big Ten, there's going to be pressure to win and. Um, you know, we certainly were playing catch up with a lot of teams for a long time. I think we've done a good job closing the gap, had our chances to win a lot more games than we have. It, it's our time to do it, and the pressure doesn't change. He's right about that. I mean, it's always to pressure to to be in the hunt, right, in contention and, and play a certain way if you're Nebraska. And, and Nebraska, unfortunately, has not played that certain way, and that's for the most part, error-free, or you're, you're not self-inflicting. And it's been all kinds of, of, of pain for the fan base, not, not, just the last, not just last season, but seasons before Scott got here where you're getting embarrassed on a national stage or, you know, Iowa's questioning your toughness uh, as they continue to, to bludgeon you in the run game. And, and then you fast forward to uh, all these – close ball games where you've you've got to make a play you've got to be more buttoned up to to not make the mistake to give the other team the opportunity and you you go from blowouts to close losses to 
Elijah, you got to flip it over to some close wins. And once that happens, you just need it to, you just do need it to happen. Uh, Joel Klatt going to be with us in hour two. Barry Alvarez with us in hour two. Cade McNamara, Michigan quarterback here in about 40 minutes or so. And then, you know, one of the, the more interesting sit downs and he was good to chat with. I mean, he's he's a he's the next NFL dude for Iowa, and uh, that is going to be Jack Campbell, their linebacker. He'll be with us in the second hour as well. More from Scott Frost here about play calling, and uh, that's a question because uh, the Whipple factor is very real, uh, and that's a good thing. But you don't want uh, too many cooks in the kitchen uh, with uh, Nebraska football. How much is Scott going to? I don't want to say back away, and, and he, he didn't want to, you know, say, look, uh, stepping away, that's not what he's doing. His hand will be in it, Elijah, but it's still going to be Whipple's, uh, Whipple's baby there, and this is Frost on this offense. It makes me a little sad because I like it, uh, but it, it's also helped me focus on a lot of other areas that we can get better. I'm going to be able to spend more time with a lot of the other players, and, and it's going to be a collaboration. Um, I'm not divorcing myself from it. Uh, we need to put our, our players in the, in the best things and the, to give them a chance to win football games, and we'll continue to do that. So a couple more comments from Coach Frost uh, this media session. Uh, really just some small changes this offseason. In reality, it's, it's an offensive coordinator. It's a quarterback's coach. It's an offensive line coach. It's a running backs coach. It's a wide receivers coach. It's a passing game coordinator. And it's a special teams uh, analyst in Bill Bush going to coordinator from that ana- that analyst role. But uh, more from Frost on the offseason changes. No. yeah, You know, when, when you feel like you're doing the right things, you're, if a, a complete change of course is the wrong way to go. Uh, there's always little things that, that we might tweak or, or ways for us to look to get a little bit better. Um, my role is going to change a little bit, having an offensive coordinator that I trust to take it over a little bit. Uh, but uh, for the most part, we've been doing it the right way. Uh, it just hasn't led to the results we want yet. Um, this year's going to be different. That's that's a fair take, Elijah, that they're close enough that, that you don't want to blow it all up. You just need some small tweaks, but it's got to be more consistent. And small tweaks isn't really the right way to put it either because whenever you've come up short, close. You need better quarterback for, for, play. For three straight years, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like something needs to change, but it doesn't necessarily have to be huge. Um, you can run the same offense with tweaks. And I think that's more what he's getting at is it, while, while the changes from the outside may look big, what their effect on the program is going to be may be smaller than what uh, maybe even what we've been saying so far this summer in terms of what the play looks like on the field. And I guess that's uh, something we're also in wait and see mode on is how big are these offseason changes. But uh, it, it's one thing when you look at the record and you go three and nine, but it's another thing whenever you're the first team in FBS history with nine single digit losses. Uh, and that's a, a hard balance you have to find. And uh, I think Trev Alberts also spoke on, on that a little bit today of uh, wanting to, to continue this program moving in the right direction and knowing it's moving in the right direction and not wanting to make uh, too drastic of changes in that it, it derails the progress that you've already made while also knowing that you need to make changes to get where you want to be. Last thought here from Frost when it comes to the edge rush, getting after the quarterback and, and O'Shawn Mathis, his addition to the team. 
Um, Oshan's another talented kid. We'll see how he factors in with the other two. Um, we felt like we needed maybe one more piece there coming out of last year to give uh, Caleb and, and Garrett somebody else to play alongside of them. Um, excited to see what he can do in fall camp. I think offseason was kind of a surprise for him and how hard he had to work in the weight room, and I've seen improvement from him already. Um, that being said, I'm really excited about development of Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnarsson as well, and uh, I think that went kind of from a position of concern to, to one of the, if not the strongest position on our team. Trev Albert sways in before we get to Garrett Nelson and uh, Trev on his relationship with Scott. Whether it's your marriage or, or just friendship, right? Um, you know, it takes time to get to know somebody. Uh, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And, and uh, you know, I talked, I think, when I first, uh, back in July a year ago, we talked about trust, you know, and, and trust goes both ways. Coaches have to earn the trust of administrators, and administrators have to earn the trust of the coaches. So I think just being transparent, um, sharing information with Scott, working through, getting his perspective, um, and slowly, I think you... It kind of naturally, organically involves into some trust where he can bring some things to me, I can bring things to him, and, and we can work through them together. So um, I'm really, really pleased with whether, where the relationship is right now. I'm pleased with where football is. We haven't won any games, uh, but I'm pleased with uh, how bold and strategic that Scott and the staff have been in trying to make the changes necessary to, to affect the change needed to to win games in a very difficult conference. And by the way, as you just mentioned, Andy, it's not going to get any easier. Um, we're bringing in uh, you know, a really challenging brand. So our job is to figure it out. And we're going to have a much better chance of figuring out if we're doing it together rather than doing it in silos. That is Trev Albert. So Elijah, talk to me here, bud. Do we have time for uh, Garrett Nelson or do we push this back? Oh, uh, you mean the the full the inner sit down with Garrett Nelson from yeah earlier? The, the sit down with with Garrett earlier. Are we too late to the party on that? We're a little too late to the party. Let's let's be. We, we may have to to shelve that. Let's let's hear from Garrett though, as he was in that breakout session. Uh, when it comes to the hot seat talk, because that that's the cloud that does exist, right? It's the uh, dare I say it fart in the elevator uh, with uh, with this season and Nebraska trying to. Uh, to be different, to be better than they have been in quite a while. Here's Garrett Nelson. It fires me up. Uh, that guy has done more for anybody I've ever known. Um, for us, uh, the guy's a father figure to me. He, he's played here. Uh, he, he's done. <clears throat> he's brought a lot of success to this university. Um, he, like I said, he's a father figure. He's done everything for us. And uh, for a guy that would give a shirt off your back for you, um, <clears throat> hearing those comments are. Uh, you know, people trash talking him on Twitter or whatever. Uh, it it ma- makes you mad as a player because you get to see him every day and you get to be around him every day and um, understand what he does for you. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I want to play as hard as I can for him. Uh, I want our defense and our team to play as hard as they can for him, and I, and I think we have those guys. The tight end we talked about in Travis Vokalek, uh, you, you have Austin Allen off to the NFL. Vokalek now is, is going to be a guy that can – be super important to your run game, be physical, but also be a, a brute getting open and getting yards after contact. And then what's he pay forward leadership-wise and how-to with that young tight end room? We, we know about uh, just the, the talent 
that, that Nebraska has recruited there. Uh, some thoughts here from Travis Vokalek as he was a, another part of the Nebraska media party. Um, you know, this is the closest the team's ever been. Um, it, it's the guys on the team. It, it's player. The leadership is crazy right now. It's it's player led. Um, you know, guys are confronting guys on mistakes that are happening, and um, you know, we all know what needs to be done. Um, and you know, it, it's the closest we've ever been. You know, I'm I'm hanging out with the DBs outside of football, which hasn't happened a lot. You know, hanging out with the defensive guys. You know, um, when we usually we're just sitting there, you know, going head to head with each other, and um, you know, it, it's been awesome. Build a lot of relationships. Um, got to know guys on a personal level. It's the closest it's ever been, um, and and I'm super excited to get this thing going. That is Travis Vokalek. We are getting going here. Day one of Big Ten Media Days 2022. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, live here near the 50-yard line at Lucas Oil Stadium. Mitch Sherman joins us from The Athletic. His take on Nebraska, on Trev, on Frost, on this dicey 2022 season uh Cade McNamara Michigan quarterback also on the way hello listener hey it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast we're offering ten dollars off the annual subscription price that means that you can get everything we do 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. We're here at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, and it's Tuesday, which means it's Mitch Sherman time. That's right. It is it's a blur, day. isn't it? I know. I didn't know it was Tuesday. <laughs> I had to stop and think as well. And uh, Mitch, good to spend some time with you. Thanks for popping on by. And uh, this morning, some early impressions, uh, some thoughts on Scott Frost and, and the Nebraska narrative as they got things kicked off. Tight timeline for the Big Red because of camp opening up. Yeah, the Huskers are in and out. They're they're done. Nine nine a.m. We heard from Garrett Nelson, Travis Vokalek, Quentin Newsom, and Frost a few minutes later, and then Scott was on the main stage right after Kevin Warren. So he's out of here. They've got to go back to Lincoln and report to camp and fan day tonight. So it's uh, then right into right into Wednesday and the start of practice. A lot of uh, a lot of things happening uh, back in Nebraska, and you know here it was pretty. Um, pretty much what you'd expect. I didn't feel like Frost uh, said much of anything that generated headlines. Um, you know, he was asked a lot about the various issues around college football and the Big Ten, like the transfer portal, um, NIL, things that we've been writing about and talking about for the last year. And, and you know, it was the, it was generally what what Frost has. Uh, you know, he stuck to the to the party line on that stuff. And as far as this team, this 2022 team. Um, you know, they're going to keep it close to the best. He's not going to release it too deep, he said, um, for a long time. Uh, we may not see one this year. I, I mean, at least leading up to the opener in Dublin, um, don't expect to know a lot about about Nebraska's personnel. That's not uber shocking. Uh, the, the quarterback is going to be key, as is the offensive line, Mitch. We hit on it quite often. But 
what's what's your read and feel, Bud, with the uh, the communication between Frost, his head coach, and a guy that loves play design and scheme, and also the the Whipple factor, who he's the grizzled old vet that's going to come in and help make uh, make the offense a little bit better, a little more efficient, especially in the red zone. So. Uh, how is that dynamic, that uh, that marriage as we talk about? What, have you, what did you read into Coach Frost with, uh, with that topic? I, Scott is pushing back a little bit on the conversation, uh, the belief that he's stepping away from his role as an offensive innovator. Whipple's going to call the plays. Whipple's going to bring in his scheme, uh, especially on the in the passing game. But, you know, Frost's influence remains, and he – wants people to understand that um, he's not going to be a, a, a CEO in the 30,000 foot sense mm-hmm. of the word where he walks around and spends as much time with the defense as he does the offense. I think he's still going to be an offensive guy. He's going to be there. Um, obviously he's going to be on the ground floor in the meeting rooms and, and, and in the install over these next few weeks with the players. So that I suppose was a little bit interesting um, I thought maybe we would hear more today from Frost uh, about somewhat removing himself from the intricacies of this offense, but that's not what he had to say. In fact, it was it was more the opposite, um, that he's going to be right there with Whipple and making this offense go. So um, as it plays out over 12 games ahead, I think what you're going to see is Frost heavily involved in a lot of the run stuff. And you know, he talked pretty passionately today about the offensive line, moving the line of scrimmage um, and how that's already changed. The mentality has changed with what Donnie Raiola has brought in. But um, to me, I, I think as the season goes on and things take, he, he takes hold and Whipple takes hold with what he's going to do. You're going to see Frost settle into more of a role where he is presiding over the run game and, and Whip takes care of the pass game. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic. We're here on site for a Tuesday with Mitch Sherman, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, Big Ten Media Days. Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers, Penn State, right? And I had some folks chiming in on social media. Why am I set up behind the Rutgers in the Ohio State? I'm just trying to angle so no one's going Blair Witch, Blair Witch at home with the camera, you know? So we got a good setup here, but uh, – you know, Scott, I think you're right. He, um, I think uh, one of our, our colleagues asked about stepping away, and he's like, that's the wrong term. He's going to be involved. You just hope that it's it's not a situation where there's too many cooks in the kitchen and there's pullback and everyone's spice is the right spice, and all of a sudden you, you can't eat your steak. Yeah, you can't. You can't. It's, it's too too salt too if there's such things too too seasoned what is steak what does a steak taste like in dublin i don't know i don't know that anyone's ever ordered one somebody asked about the food in dublin and what nebraska the players are going to do for food while they're over there for the week zero game (laughs) that's when we knew the cross session with the media was 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 getting too long (laughs) what what did he say i was over there they have food over there that we can eat it's a country that uh you know, is uh, is civilized and can can put some food on the table in front of us. So they're not going to bring everything from Nebraska to to uh, across the Atlantic. Uh, well, Mitch, what are you going to eat over there? That's a great question. Uh, I'm I'm staying in the city center. Okay. So right that right down there in downtown, there there will be a pub. I'm sure that has uh, some corned beef and cabbage. Um, 
I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. I've never been there, so I don't know what's on the menu. Cranach's kind of my tour guide. That's who I'm going over with, and we're doing shows over there. But I haven't thought that far ahead uh, as far as what to, what to eat, if there's going to be some some Fairbury brand hot dogs over there. Yeah, runs uh, runs us favorite little little Vals and Lazaris. I mean, it'd be okay uh, to get that fired up. Mitch Sherman's with us. Mitch, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And we sat down with Garrett Nelson briefly, and I know he had uh, a breakout session over there. Uh, his intensity has always been appreciated and, and well, respected for sure from teammates, but uh, he is very open and energetic about growing that leadership role and also the, the introspective part with, you know, where they fell short, not to dwell or, or kill his confidence, but he looked at where they were short and, and the, the fuse is, is well lit for this defense to, to keep getting better, not take a step back, but also, uh, you know, be better uh, from his position group. And that's get after the quarterback with O'Shawn and with, with Caleb Tanner. And, and of course, Garrett wants to be a guy that is all about getting after the quarterback. Yeah, sounds like he's the number one leader on this team right now from a returning player perspective. As the year goes on and Nebraska starts to integrate more of the transfers and this team melts together, there's going to be the possibility for a guy like Casey Thompson to become, I think, a real leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he already has in some ways with the offense. But team-wide over the entire locker room, it's Garrett Nelson's uh, team. And and that's that was evident from the comments that Scott Frost made today. It's not just a defensive thing. You know, they brought him here because he's uh, captain material. You know, he's somebody who uh, this team is going to draw its energy from. And, you know, Garrett – uh, of course, that starts on defense, and you know he's he's uh, he lives that 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 black shirt by that black shirt code. It it means everything to him to uh, to wear that practice jersey and to be in that fraternity of Nebraska defensive players over uh, you know many years. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm curious to see how Nebraska um, schemes with with Garrett and with Caleb Tanner and with O'Shawn Mathis, I asked Frost if, if those guys, if there's three of them who can play on the field at the same time. Um, and, you know, he went to talking about Jamari Butler and, and Blaze Gunnerson and how that position with the addition of Mathis, that edge rusher spot has turned into maybe the, the, uh, the, 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 the strongest, deepest group on the entire roster. And, and clearly it is led by, by one guy, uh, number 44. You know, you and I grew up in, in Nebraska and we, I don't know if you did, but I did. I took for granted that, poof, every two years you've got a first or second round mm-hmm. rush end. And, mm-hmm. and Nebraska just used to stockpile that. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're working on getting back to, to producing NFL talent off the edge. But it's, um, it's a different league than, than the Big 12, and it's been a while since Nebraska's been in the Big 10. But you're still trying to find that sweet spot, and you look at some of the peers in your own division – I mean, Nebraska uh, constantly faced harassment off the edge with just the West or even a crossover, which isn't surprising with, with mm-hmm. Sparty or Ohio, Ohio State. State. But but Nebraska needs to, to turn their own pressure up, uh, which leads me to Trev Alberts, one of the great off the greats off the edge in Nebraska's AD. I caught the tail end uh, of him talking about winning. But overall, give me a, a quick thought on, on Trev's tone and kind of feel here in Indy. Well, he 
was short. Um, didn't have a ton to say today. A lot of it was repetitive of what he said during this off season. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, a situation. You saw him a couple of weeks ago. I did, and that's sitting with me. Uh, so, but, but I think a lot of the stuff that he said here, you know, he said in the spring, he said in the winter when when he's done interviews. Um, you know, this is he talked about how this is a competition business about how Nebraska's done what it believes it needs to do to help put Scott Frost in a position to win and win now. And, um, you know, he's not concerned about some of the things that concern uh, fans. Um, he's not looking at numbers with the, the sellout streak. You know, they're doing things proactively to try to move that forward and, and keep Nebraska in a good place. But, uh, you know, Trev, like everybody else, he wants to win and, um, I think he feels good right now about uh, the position that this team is in, but he also understands that uh, the Big Ten is going to present some real challenges again, as always, for Nebraska, and it starts on August 27th in Ireland. He's been very candid about it in the old Nebraska. You just don't kind of show up and go do your thing. The times have changed, not that you can't get back, but Trev, I think, understands. It's not an excuse, but he gets that it is a week-by-week challenge to be in this league. Yeah, it was a year ago this this month when he was here in Indy and he had just started this job and he was really learning the ropes at that time. It was a different uh, a different feel for Trev now that he's been through it and he's gotten to meet a lot of the athletic directors, his contemporaries, not just in this league, but around the country at the power five level for football. Um, yeah, he recognizes the challenge and it's a lot different one than what he faced as a player when he when he played in Lincoln 30 years ago. Mitch Sherman uh, with the athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter here at Lucas Oil Stadium, Big Ten Media Days. Mitch, thanks for making time on a Tuesday, buddy. Good yeah, to see you. as always, uh, happy to talk to you on any Tuesday. So we'll see you next week. Back All right. Home. Mitch Sherman with us, Lucas Oil Stadium, Big Ten Media Days. You start uh, the title run here for all 14 programs. You hope to end it the first weekend of December. And, uh, hey, maybe it's a Nebraska-Michigan State uh, date. Huh? A little red and green. A little tribute to Better Call Saul. Something like that. We'll uh, hear from... Cade McNamara, quarterback for Michigan. He's on the way with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're on the road here at Lucas Oil Stadium Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, as we make our way through. Today was Nebraska Day, also Northwestern, also Michigan. Uh, spent time. Iowa uh, was here along with Indiana. And uh, the starting quarterback for Michigan, Cade McNamara, was a guy that's done some time, red-shirted, was a backup, 
and then took the keys only to not scratch said uh, Ferrari. And boy, oh boy, did uh, Michigan thrive, beating Ohio State, lost to Michigan State, but also got to the college football playoff. We sat down with the talented quarterback that uh, has some kind words you want to hear if you're a Nebraska fan about his experience that Saturday night uh, in Memorial Stadium last season. Kate, hey, thanks for making time today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks how's, for how's the experience been? Did you guys get in uh, late last night or early this morning? Um, no, we took um, we took the flight this morning. Okay. So do you have to run off, or do you get a little steak and, and lobster tonight? Um, we're actually on a trip around the whole state of Michigan right now as a team. And, you know, so you're that, kind of doing a, a whistle-top uh, tour type deal? Um, a little bit. I, I think, you know, we weren't able to do it during COVID. But sure. Coach Harbaugh, a part of, you know, getting recruited at Michigan is that you get the opportunity to visit. Um, really a remote location, a remote really country um, during your experience. And uh, my freshman year, we got to visit South Africa, which was one of the coolest experiences of my life. And um, this year we decided to stay home. Um, We decided to tour the state of Michigan and we were able to visit. I mean, we've been gone for nearly a week now and we're going to finish and we'll be heading back to Ann Arbor on Friday. And, um, you know, it's been a great opportunity for the for the guys for team bonding and really to educate ourselves. The the trips are important, and being a, a kid who grew up in Nebraska, there's a lot of the state I've seen. There's part of the Upper Peninsula I've seen in Michigan that was a pretty wow factor. Yeah. Old Tiger Stadium, but not the entire state. It's pretty gorgeous. Is there a you liked it all? I'm sure, but is, is there a favorite spot that 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 you hit here during this tour? So far, it's been Sleeping Bear Dunes. I think we were just there a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just really, it's so beautiful out there. Lake? And, um, so you're overlooking Lake Michigan. I bet. And there's, <laughs> um, I mean, the water is insanely clear. And, well, our tour guide actually said, like, that's kind of a bad thing because there's um, there's some kind of organism that's eating all the algae. So it's, like, creating actually, it's, like, actually an invasive species. But, um I mean, for, I would cheer for clear water. Wouldn't yeah, you? well, that's what I'm saying is that it looks it looks sweet. It looks great on camera, but um, yeah, I mean, it's been. I mean, so far, Sleeping Bear Dunes is probably takes the cake. But you know, we're gonna head up north up to the UP um, later this week. Okay, tell me what it's like to to play quarterback for one of the the great quarterbacks at Michigan. Uh, your your learning curve, the patience needed and just how you were able to thrive. Uh, really enjoyed watching Michigan football last year, power football, but uh, that, that, that downfield passing attack that, that you were able to, to lead. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, I really love playing for Coach Harbaugh. I think him recognizing how well he played the position and the knowledge he's able to give me um, is really a great perspective for myself as far as um, – you know where I'm getting this information from I'm not getting it from you know I mean sometimes you can get you really anybody you're not going to get a coach who's probably play the position at such a high level who's coaching you and you know I get that in coach Harbaugh and you know um, me and have a really good relationship and you know I'm very appreciative of him and what he has taught me his his demands are, are real high and what's the world like for a, a quarterback you're not that far removed from high school. You know what the transfer market's like. And 
you have specifically your position, people are always at you uh, for maybe a next best opportunity. Tell me about the patience needed to 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 to, to be developed, but also wait your turn if that makes sense yeah i mean i came into a room i was seventh on the depth chart my freshman year i came in um you know there was a a pretty stacked quarterback room and um i mean i was well aware that i wasn't going to start i was going to take my redshirt that year shea patterson was our starting quarterback that season and um you know i spent that year i mean what just like you said developing and i took advantage of that opportunity to not just do that but to build a foundation for myself that i could um have a voice when I had my time now and Mm -hmm. by creating um by trying to impact my teammates from an individual standpoint um you know I felt like I've been able to do that and with the combination of you know the work that I've put in and really the wisdom from all the coaches I've had whether it's coach Weiss coach Harbaugh coach Herb our way coach or even my former um quarterback coach um coach Ben McDaniels um I've accumulated a great amount of knowledge and um, experiences that I'm able to really apply to myself and make myself a better football player. What's Coach Harbaugh's coaching style like with you as quarterback? He's extremely intense. Everything you do is going to be watched. Every he's going to know. He's going to wonder why you did something. He's going to um, analyze it. He's going to coach you. Um, you can always count on Coach Harbaugh to coach you to the best of his ability. Um, and I mean, that's something. That, what more do you want? I think you know when Coach Harbaugh is in the room you know what we're getting better and i think um i mean as i mentioned before like mm-hmm. some of the knowledge and um really that experience that he has um given it to us about certain plays certain concepts um you know certain experiences that he has had over the course of his career um can only help us and make us better players as well a couple of minutes here Cade mcnamara with us here hail varsity radio live in indy as uh, Michigan, you're defending Big Ten champs. Uh, they were part of the college football playoff. Was there a tipping point game for you guys last season that turned, uh, uh, kind of, I guess, solidified the fact that it was a special season? Yeah, if I'm going to be honest, I think I think of two games. I really think of Wisconsin first and then, I mean, the state of Nebraska second. I mean, the University of Nebraska right there. I think, you know, Wisconsin – um, for the majority of our team was the first away game played with fans um, for probably over 50% of our team. And um, we hadn't beaten Wisconsin at Wisconsin. I Didn't happen uh, that like, often. Really, and I think it was like about 17 years. Um, and I think that was Coach Harbaugh's first time ever winning uh, an away game as an as a underdog, mm-hmm. which, is, which is crazy. And, I mean, for us to not only do that for the first time, and then, you know, come out with a W. But secondly, was the game against Nebraska was really the first time that we faced adversity. Um, Nebraska played a hell of a game against us. And um, during that game was really the first time we faced adversity that season, last season. And, I mean, it was the first time I got sacked all season was against Nebraska, which is crazy. And, um, I mean, what we were able to display was, I mean, after that game, um, I stated that I think that I think this team's different and I think it was because of that reason um, the really because we were able to deal with adversity and to come out with a W when I think you know in a tough environment like that um, against a team who played us that well um, you know in the past I don't think we've come out with those W's. 
few more thoughts from Cade McNamara uh, on Nebraska and uh, that matchup and outlook ahead. We'll wind down our one on Hale Varsity at, at Big Ten Media Days. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Final thoughts, hour one, Michigan quarterback, Cade McNamara. Cade, speak to that environment. I've covered the team a long time, so, I mean, I've seen the monster non-conference games. Michigan's not been in Lincoln. That was the first time you guys were in Lincoln since 2012, but it was just gorgeous night for football, first of all, and then the entire state uh, can uh, divulges on, on Memorial Stadium, and what's it like to to navigate through that environment because that when it's loud and it's crazy and it's third and forever those are those are moments that make or break and can either springboard or you know stop momentum right um i say it i say it every single time i truly think the hardest place we i have ever played is nebraska i think that atmosphere i believe is a, a blackout um at night um in a tight game it was the loudest stadium I've ever been in in my life and I mean I couldn't even hear uh, my own cadence it was it was insane and I think you know playing in an environment like that um, it's extremely difficult especially on the offensive side of the ball um, as far as cadence and um, really overall communication is difficult I mean you just eliminate one of your senses so I mean I think that was a part of it too that made that such a monumental game for us last season was how difficult the atmosphere was and us coming out with a win um, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a truly awesome place to play. Gata, were you headbanging or air guitaring at the end of the third quarter with uh, Thunderstruck, or were you just trying to to talk to teammates? <laughs> I was headbanging. I mean, we were all <laughs> we were getting after it. I mean, it, you, you guys shut off the lights, and it was just it was just red out there, and you know, both teams kind of started merging towards the middle of the field. Um, I mean, it was on from there, and it, it, it's a sweet place to play. I'll give you guys that. Uh, Cade McNamara with us, Michigan quarterback, Hale Varsity Radio. From the the win in Lincoln to the uh, the Ohio State win, I mean, it was throwback Ohio State-Michigan. It's snowing, it's cold, it's blustery. Uh, and uh, you guys uh, did some work. Uh, I had watched Michigan and noticed, you know, once Har- Harbaugh got to town, I mean, the guys are super physical, but you really showed how physical you were on both sides of the football against a team uh, most of the league's been chasing. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that was such a big part of, you know, why we won that game was I mean, it was one up front, plain and simple. Um, whether it was Aiden Hutchinson in that defensive front getting to CJ or um, it was RO line just really dominating the line of scrimmage and you know, H2 running the ball right behind mm-hmm. them, I think. Um, I mean, the game was one up front, and, I mean, when you win the line of scrimmage, it's very tough to come back from that. So where's where's Michigan sit right now from a, okay, great year. You stack on top of that. You're a, a returning starter, a leader, in a position of leadership. You lost a ton on the defensive side. How does 2022 look as we wrap up here? Um, I mean, I think... You know, 2020, 2021 was, you know, a really great season for us. Um, I mean, we were able to lay a foundation for winning for a culture that, you know, we can build on. But I've, as a program, we've really been stressing that that was Team 142. Now, Mm. this is a different team. This is Team 143. 143 hasn't achieved anything. And that's the, you know, that's what we're going to roll with. 
and that's really the only mindset that we can really approach this season with because otherwise um, we're going to be vulnerable. Kate McNamara, quarterback, Michigan. Nebraska hooks up with Michigan on the road in Ann Arbor, November. Kate, good to see you. Thanks for the time today. Absolutely. Nice meeting you. Good stuff from Cade McNamara, Michigan quarterback. Another quarterback, Joel Klatt, kicks off our two. His thoughts on the Big Red next. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402 466 ESPN or 1 800 825 5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. College football analyst with Fox. Joel Klatt back with us. Joel, how's the uh, the day been? How you been, man? It's been good. Um, I'm just excited to get to the games. You know, I, th- I feel like our news cycle in this sport. <laughs> it's like I'm so tired of the summer news cycle in our sport. I just want to get to the games so we can stop talking about NIL and transfers and conference realignment. Yeah, the uh, the uh, newsmaker this summer was the Big Ten with yep. UCLA, USC. We'll get there in a bit. I want to focus a little closer to home, and then that's Nebraska and the year five outlook for, for Coach Frost. Uh, we saw Coach Frost here on the podium uh, to kick things off this morning right after the commissioner, and uh, just uh, he's in game mode already. Nebraska was in. They were out. Uh, they're off to uh, fan day tonight, and then camp open tomorrow. But needless to say, a big season for the Big Red. Huge. Um, this, this team last year was – as good of a nine loss team as you can possibly be. And that doesn't, I know that's like a big bucket of salt uh, <laughs> point poured into the wound. Um, they, they were so close and um, you know, I, I think that they just get, they got stuck and, and they got stuck and garnered no momentum and they needed to learn how to win some of those games. And unfortunately for them, um, you could see it almost when they would get into those tight ball games, you sensed that there was a tightness about like what's about to happen. And that's because from, from the rip against Illinois, it was turnovers and penalties mm-hmm. that started to, to kill them. And then that just plagued them the rest of the season. And, you know, until they can fix that, then, you know, they're going to continue to be on the wrong end of this, but, they're talented. I like the transfers that they got. I like Scott as a coach. I still really believe in him. They've made some fundamental changes to the core and 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 overall culture of that program, which I think was much needed, to be honest with you. And I don't think that there's any reason why he can't be more successful this year. And to his credit, he knows that. And that's why he has publicly said, listen, I, I'm 
you know, betting on myself, if you will, taking a, a pay cut, which you don't generally see in this day and age. Uh, but I think he knows that his uh, his job is big this year, certainly, but it's also an important one to get them turned around. Joe Klatt with us here, Lucas Oil Stadium, Big Ten Media Days. From your perspective and, and experience as a player and now analyst, kind of pinpoint your take with what culture you saw and mm-hmm. what, what's the, the, the flip. And real quick, I think a guy like Bush, a guy like Mickey Joseph, the, the delegation of, of more of a, a veteran offensive mind and Whipple, that, that can help. But how do you see a better culture and what was the culture in your eyes? Well, that's a, that's a great question. It's it's tough to really put your finger on what the culture was. I know talking with Scott, he felt like they they needed to get to a point where where there were more tough-minded mm-hmm. uh players and guys that that could overcome um and and I think I don't know if the word, you know, it's tenacity, mm-hmm. it's toughness and I think that to some degree, the, the culture within the Nebraska program had deteriorated at, to a point where that had left and he wants to bring it back. Um, and I think at least, you know, I haven't been around him other than one time last year, at least in Lincoln. And he seemed to think that it's it's on the right track and he's um, got a team that more represents that this year than maybe uh, at any time during his tenure. You mentioned that that moment where the game can go either way in a yeah. one-score game, and the, uh, the the pucker factor is what we kind of called it <laughs> growing up. Uh, is it as simple as getting one win to go your way to alleviate that fear versus a little PTSD uh, when you get in? Yeah, I think games? so. I think that the, like winning breeds winning, yeah. you know, and so like you either have the belief that it's like, oh, ho- hold on, we're almost there, versus like. Oh no no no! Like something's going to happen for us. Right. We're we're going to make a play. We're going to do the things necessary. We've got the confidence to do that. You hear it's you know talked about as confidence or whatever it is. And I think that there's either a tightness or a confidence, and and a couple of wins just generally give you that confidence. And and I think that's what they lacked last year. Mm-hmm. Joel, let's talk quarterback. Casey Thompson is in. Uh, Adrian's down at Kansas State. Uh, we we saw what. Pitt did uh, with Pickett and uh, the Whipple offense. Can can Nebraska be a successful offense, grow into that with all these new moving pieces, O-line coach, running back coach, wide receiver coach, plethora of transfers, and uh, a quarterback that I I liked what I saw at Casey Thompson. I just hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, uh, the health is an issue. It it was an issue a little bit last year. I think more than anything is is what you see in college football is that every team has a one year lifespan and there's always so much turnover that it's it's a little bit less um, of an issue in college football to have this amount of turnover than it would be like, let's say, in the NFL, when you're when you've got like a veteran core group of guys that are all of a sudden changing systems. Um, So I think that from from that standpoint, yeah, it can turn around very quickly. The biggest the biggest thing, though, is is being clean. And this is the thing. It's it's not that the X's and O's were weren't there for them last year. They didn't get out schemed. They they got out detailed 
um, you know, false starts, turnovers, little little things like that, I think are, are the difference. And sometimes that can be coaching style. That can be um, any number of things. But uh, But I do believe, you know, Scott's been happy with, the changes that he's made on the staff. And I think he thinks that they can make um, uh, a discernible, discernible difference right away. With the, the run game, it's been very reliant on, on Adrian Martinez, mm-hmm. uh, the quarterback run game. There's a, a stable of backs, Joel, that you just don't know a ton about, or there's a small sample size. Can the, what does success look like to you in Nebraska's run game? Uh, presumably without much quarterback run. Yeah. I, that remains to be seen. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that looks like. I'm not sure w- what their immediate strength is going to be. You can, you, you've got to rely on something right away. And it's either like I, we can short pass on first down. We can run the ball on first down. We can RPO on first down. You know, what, what is that? Are they going to be a heavy RPO system? Is it something where, uh, where that would, would make sense? I'm not sure what success in the run game looks like. I don't think that they're going to be dominant in the run game, so I don't think you should expect them to just sit there and run the football down somebody's throat. Uh, so creativity early in the season, I think that you're going to get some of that. And then ultimately, it's 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 just about can you run the ball when you need to run the ball, in particular late, in particular if you get into those one-possession games and you need to milk a little bit of the clock. The frost-whipple dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that work? You have two... Two pretty good chefs. Offensive guys, yeah. Um, also remains to be seen. <laughs> you know, I keep saying that, but get, it's, it's – Get back to me October Yeah, 1st. exactly. You know, I, I think that, that we'll see. And I think if you ask them deep down in their heart, they don't know exactly it's what – It's front. still a work in progress. You kind of have to go and, and be in the fire, if you will, um, uh, before that you're going to know exactly how that's going to all pan out. So we'll see. You know, and, and we'll see in, in Ireland. We're headed over. Good. Uh, All right. Good. Yeah. Are, are you? Uh, you're. I heard you talking with Doug and company. You get Bama, Texas, huh? Bama, Texas, week two. I'm. I'm excited for that one. That one should be a, a good one. And uh, then we're going to be up in Lincoln week three for OU. That'll be great to have OU here. Uh, last thought here on on some Big Ten topics. The West. You had a, so many nine win, eight win mm-hmm. squads. Uh, any feel with uh, pecking order or do you have um, a, a lean at least? Do you like Purdue because of the quarterback? Do you like? I do. I Listen, you, when you bring a quarterback back, that, that helps. Um, Wisconsin was good at the end of the year. They've got to replace a lot on the defense. Iowa needs to find something offensively. Yeah. Should be really good on the defensive side. Um, you just like look past Northwestern at your own peril. I know that sounds crazy, but it's like you, you and I have been around this long enough to know that it's like Pat's a great coach. So, and he gets, who knows? he gets, you write him off and here they are back in Indy. Minnesota has a 15th year quarterback, <laughs> yes. you know? I mean, so you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, and by the way, Mo Ibrahim is a real back. He's awesome. He's a real back. They were giving Ohio State's all sorts Ohio State all sorts of fits early in that that opener last year before he got injured. So, uh West is is as deep as it's probably ever been to be honest with you. And and I think it's a toss up and I think one of four or five schools could actually win it. Can they replicate their success? Do you see a number of Nine win teams coming out back to back. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it all depends. And in this conference, here's what's tough about this conference is that the middle of the conference is all really similar. 
and this is what bit Nebraska last year is because when you when you make little mistakes and you lose little games over and over and over again, there's enough good teams to beat you. There wasn't any easy wins out there, right? There's, uh, no, like, there's no pre uh, uh, Kansas, right? Correct. Kansas was always the the yes, correct? Yeah, that, absolutely. That and even way back when it was Kansas State, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, I mean, so. There aren't those those throwaway games in this conference, and 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 because of that, um, I could see a lot of eight and nine win teams. Ohio State, they're the favorite. They're yep. the pick. Michigan lost a lot. Does mm-hmm. Sparty rebound? Those are all some some questions. Yep. But Ohio State's run defense they That's got lit. Question. They got lit up last year. Uh, is un- Ohio State like offensively? They're incredible, and yep. I think they're going to be the best offense in the country. They just have to outscore folks, or can someone go, we'll go ball control? I mean, and Jim, Knowles is, Jim Knowles is He's there big. because of that. His scheme is very different than anything Tell Ohio me. State has, has ever really tried to do. Ohio State has tried to just sit there in, in the past mm-hmm. in general and just say, we're better than you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We've recruited better than you. And they got out of position a few times last year. And reality – Ohio State fans won't want to hear this, but they really, you know, the Jeff Halfley year, they were good on defense with Chase, Chase Young and yeah. Jeff Okuda and Fuller was back there. I mean, they were really good, very talented. Outside of that, they have not played great defense the last five seasons outside of that one year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they're not going to want to hear that, but it's true. Bama abused them in that national championship mm-hmm. game. Um, Michigan last year only had to throw the ball, I think, two or three times in the second half to beat them. Think about that. That's crazy. In those conditions where everyone's loading up against the run. Anyway. That's exactly right. Now they had some problems, you know, with, with linebacker depth, but that's going to be an issue for them as well. Long story short. I mean, Jim, Jim runs a system that was really made for teams like Duke and Oklahoma state that are undermanned. And so they're going to move. They're going to do unique things in the blitz game. They're going to try to create pressure on the quarterback, not um, not allow just one player to manifest that pressure like a Chase Young. And, and that's not been Ohio State's MO. So this is a defense that they're going to have to learn kind of on the fly, and it remains to be seen. I mean, there was uh, – he had a veteran group at Oklahoma State last year, a really veteran group, and they were very good at the linebacker um, position. And it's not the same at Ohio State. You're always going to deal with a young defense. Why? Because they're talented enough to go to the National mm-hmm. Football League. So uh, remains to be seen. Notre Dame, your feel is what? What's uh, what's their landing spot, or do they do they still get uh, independent status? Oh, uh, what's the time frame? Two years, isn't it? <clears throat> I still think they land in a conference. A pick. There's only one conference that they would go to. Big Ten. Yeah. Makes uh, a ton of sense, but they... They might not. I don't know. But I, I think that, I think that they're going to the, have to. That's the domino. Like, we're well, kind of all waiting on here when we talk. It, it is, Admiral. but it isn't at no. the same time, because that doesn't destroy another conference. You no. know? Notre Dame will have to bail if the ACC is already crumbling. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. And it, and it puts the ACC in some peril, but... It's the only one that has a, a, a high enough value that the presidents of any conference would be like, well, yeah, we need them because mm-hmm. then we're all going to become a bit richer. And I know I hate to just put it in financial terms, but that's <laughs> that, those are the terms, yeah. you know.
Joel Klatt with us, lead analyst, Fox Sports, college football at Joel Klatt. Follow him on Twitter. Great updates throughout, uh, of course, on radio and uh, for sure on his uh, his Twitter feed. And, Joel, we'll see you in Norman. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, Thanks again. Yeah, no, Lincoln. It'll be in Lincoln. That's what I meant. I there was, we go. Uh, Norman, yes. Uh, but in Lincoln this year, Joel Klatt, uh, thanks for joining us. You got it. Joel Klatt reminding me that, yes, there's no uh, mother of all road trips to Norman this year with Uncle Andy in the RV and Uncle Mark. <laughs> and there's no uh, dumb and dumber reenactment where there's some short guy holding on to some offensive lineman's <laughs> shoulders together on a scooter weaving through uh, Norman campus as Nebraska mounts a fourth quarter drive uh, just in time to, to set up post-game real red reaction. That was a hoot. Yeah, n- none of that, uh, Elijah. If uh, we find our way to a post-game, we'll walk. It's, it's we won't be riding together. That's a shame. That memory may be the highlight of last football season. For Brother, me. that was hilarious. <laughs> there's this. There's six six offensive tackle, Elijah Herbal. That's generous. Well, the point is, is you're, um, you're you're a big drink of water, and there's little little me, the old guy hanging <laughs> hanging either way his shoulder. Oh, oh well, you had the, you had the radio call in your ear, and you're doing like play by play into my ear as we're driving across. Oklahoma that sounds so campus. creepy. It's like I'm whispering to you. <laughs> and there's like everyone just staring as we drive. By. That was great. What's wrong with these two corn huskers? <laughs> Nothing. We were setting up a shop. We should have just stayed for the end of the game and then bolted to uh, to the Lloyd Noble Center. More uh, football. How's that sound? More football. Big Ten Media Days. All-American linebacker Jack Campbell. Conference preseason player of the year next. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back to you, it's Hale Varsity here at Lucas Oil Stadium. We're here at Big Ten Media Days, winding down day one tomorrow, Ohio State, Michigan State, uh, plethora more of uh, teams will will be here and uh, we'll be here to cover that sit down with some of the coaches some of the players really entertaining sit down and uh, insightful on the iowa program the nebraska iowa rivalry jack campbell uh, standout linebacker he's preseason all-american he's preseason defensive player of the year he's a incredible backer and uh, the heart and soul of that iowa defense that's i mean they they were phenomenal i think 18 Interceptions is what the secondary had. Jack's a linebacker and sturdy against the run. Another future uh, NFLer in that front seven and? for the Hawkeyes. And here is Jack Campbell with us a little bit earlier on Hale Varsity. Okay, so you're in and out, so you get no steakhouse or shrimp or cocktails. Oh, no. No, we're going straight back to work tomorrow. Okay. So camp, camp's uh, 
Uh, so camp won't start till next Wednesday, but we uh, have workouts tomorrow. Okay. Well, tell me about your workouts, man. Tell me uh, as one of the leaders and the voices mm-hmm. with uh, with an incredible defense. I mean, what what tone do you set? I mean, yeah, it all starts in January. Um, just the the mindset and the approach you take to a training training phase, I think it's really important because I feel like in the off season you can make some tremendous strides, um, not only individually but also as a team. Um, just getting really to, <clears throat> getting really um. Uh, to know like your teammates, uh, mm-hmm. know what drives them, know uh, what their home life, what experiences they've had. Uh, I feel like it just all brings you together as a team. Um, and tomorrow we're, we're going to head back and uh, got a big conditioning day ahead and, and a training day. Um, so it should be good. We're looking forward to that. So, so as a younger guy, who who paid it forward to you, yep. knowing what buttons to push? From a, you seem pretty intrinsically motivated anyway. But mm-hmm. if if someone needed to pick you up. Did it matter how a guy would talk to you, how a, how a guy would challenge you? What, what's your experience been like? Yeah, I mean, uh, coming in as a, as a high schooler, I feel like I was more internally motivated. I, I, don't, I feel like maybe that's just how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming in uh, as a freshman, uh, Christian Welch really set the tone for me. Uh, at the time, he was a fourth-year guy. Um, he plays for the Ravens now. But uh, he kind of just showed me what it was like to be a Hawkeye linebacker 24-7 in, in the long tradition that, that we've had in the linebacker room, which I think is pretty unique. Um, so I'd say all those guys kind of poured into me. And Coach Wallace, um, Seth Wallace, he uh, uh, he's poured into me his heart and soul. And, I mean, he's going to keep doing it throughout this whole season. But um, just kind of like how I'd, I like to be a co- uh, approached as a co- by a coach, I would say uh, I, like, I like a guy who's going to – get after me when I need to get at like when when I tough do coaching yeah exactly when I do mess up he's gonna let me let me know um but he's gonna also tell me things on how I can improve and then through that tough coaching I can get the message out of it um so I'd say I I, I really like him as a position coach and um I'd say like he's been he I mean, he, he hasn't really motivated me because I can feel like it comes from myself mm-hmm. but he's just been a, a great uh a guide throughout my career here so we're talking here jack campbell uh senior linebacker up for a number of awards and, and preseason honors iowa defense slated to be as good as there is in the big 10 uh they've been tremendous so it's a team game you want you you, you strive for complimentary football mm-hmm. the amount of turnovers you guys forced last year incredible and the thing that we've talked about for years in lincoln uh, is just one score games, how close those games have been. Iowa's been uh, pretty good, uh, well above 500 in, in one score games. What What's your guys' mentality when, when it does get tight, either if it's up to the defense to make a stop or uh, the uh, the special teams in a lot of instances coming through on a, mm-hmm. on a game-winning field goal or a, or a drive by your quarterback? Yeah, I mean – a lot of the games you're going to play in the Big Ten, and, and regardless of who you play out of conference, they're going to be close games. You you don't see a lot of blowouts. So um, you just got to – I feel like it's how you approach training again. I mean, if you approach it in a nonchalant way and you don't take it seriously in the fourth quarter, you're going to get gassed out. That's when teams start to, to take advantage. Like me as a linebacker, like I'm, I'm going to give it everything I got every single play, but I'm going to try to be the most conditioned player on the team. And when I look across the line of scrimmage and I see – those big men got their hands on their, their hips. I know like, yeah, we got them. So like, that's just kind of the mindset I have. Um, but I, I would say just, just all that. Um, that's kind of just how I approach things. Um, just really trying to, trying to be the most conditioned and the team that 
at the end of the day, is going to fight the hardest. I mean, uh, Kirk Herbstreit had a quote about us uh, last last year. I'm not too big into, like, looking at social media stuff, but um, we did – it, like, popped up over my feed. So I talked about an MMA fight and how, like, I – like, we're going to take the punches. But then in that last round, we're going to knock you out. So I just feel like I, that kind of embodies it, like, what it means to be a Hawkeye. Like, it, every game's not going to be pretty, but we're going to somehow try to find a way to come out on top. Um but there's also been games where we've ended on that complete opposite spectrum and just learning how to deal with adversity and move on from that. Um, uh, all that stuff has just kind of shaped shaped you into the, the being the man you are, and I feel like Coach Ferentz does a really good job in the program. So, few minutes here. Uh, Jack Campbell with us here. Hale Varsity Radio live in Indy. Uh, standout linebacker for the Hawkeyes. What did you take from last year, and what do you want to apply mm-hmm. to this year, new season? And uh, specifically here, have you let yourself kind of zoom out and think big picture goals mm-hmm. from a personal standpoint, awards-wise? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, right now, I'm still – I feel like I'm pretty zoomed in still. I feel like once I'm done with my collegiate career, I can take that zoomed-out picture. Um, I mean, I did do some reflecting on last season, um, just looking back at some games and seeing what I can improve on and what I could have done to put my teammates in a better position. But ultimately, like right now, I'm just trying to – trying to go one and know every single week. I mean, that's kind of a cliche term that people throw around do it all in the, the big time. Ten. Exactly. You got to show up every single week uh, ready to play. Um, so I'd say that, I mean, that's my, my goal is just to go one and know every single week, win every single game we can. So. Can you put into words how, how tough it is week in, week out in the mm-hmm. big 10? Yeah. I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, you got teams that might be ranked first and I mean the West and the, the team that's in fourth, will just knock them off and you'll be like, how, how the heck did that happen? But I mean, we have, a, we have a very competitive league, I feel like from top to bottom. And um, it's just exciting to get to go compete with like some of the top athletes in the country um, and in the world mm-hmm. um, in this respective sport. So um, it's just been a, it's been a great opportunity for me and uh, I'm just excited to get back to it. Did you wrestle in high school? I did not. I played basketball. Okay. So yeah. so you're a basketball player. Yeah. So you're a two-sport guy. Did you do baseball at all? Uh, no, I did track. So okay, did so track. three sports, yep. though. Three sports, yeah. So, so what did you do in track, and were you a small forward in, in basketball? So in track, I ran the 4 by 2 and open 200s. Um, and then in basketball, I was the five-man. I was our post. Okay. So, I mean, it, you kind of you get a sense of my game right here. I'm not shooting the ball. I'm all fouls. I'm all in the paint. <laughs> I'm all rebounds, setting picks, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yes, sir. So, you're the you're the roll guy. You're the Windex yeah, man. Exactly. You, you get it cleaned up in the paint. Yeah. You'll uh, you'll clear out a, a dude. Yeah, exactly. it, Was it fair to say you're the, you're the enforcer as well? That's fair. I mean, I feel like in high school basketball, I mean, I was only two – 210 but like in Iowa high school basketball I mean that's gigantic like most of you guys I'm going against the guy like 180 so they hurt so. your point guard you're coming after him exactly <laughs> <laughs> well Jack I, I want to get your thoughts here on on the, the Nebraska Iowa uh well let me ask you this rivalry mm-hmm. does it does it reach that or is it just another and I'm not trying to trick you here I'm yeah. saying where, oh, yeah. where's Nebraska at for you and they've been just incredibly tight ball games yeah i mean uh, nebraska's been a historic rivalry and um it's just great to play them every every year on black friday in the season that way but um right now we're just focused on south dakota state um they got a tough tough team uh that will be coming to iowa city uh they they won the fcs last year Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people don't realize that a lot of 
A lot uh, of regional kids go up exactly. there and, and play great football. Exactly. So it's going to be, I mean, a lot, exactly. A lot of Midwest tough kids are going to go play. So it's going to be a tough game. So right now we're just kind of focused on that. But I mean, I feel like uh, the Iowa Nebraska game is like a kind of a historic rivalry in the Midwest and it gets a lot of the fan bases up. So where were you at mentally that fourth quarter? You guys are down double digits and then all of a sudden, it flips. You get a punt yeah. block, another special teams play by Iowa, uh, and uh, you guys have a, a really impressive comeback in Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, never for never for a second in my mind during a game do I think we're gonna they're gonna turn over and give up and lose. Um, I, I just uh, try my best to stay positive and get the guys around me to pot, thinking positively and um, just focusing on what we can do. And I mean, you saw it, our three phases, offense, defense, special teams, that all came into effect. I mean, if it wasn't for Henry Marquez doing his job on special teams and Kyler for being in the perfect to catch that touchdown, to shift the momentum in that game. I would say uh, in that mind how every play matters so much and you don't know what play is going to be that big breakaway play but just being in this doing your job every single play it's, it sounds simple but it's so hard to do just right? exactly i'm pro yeah i mean look at coach Ferentz. so yeah. yeah well uh last thought here back campbell linebacker iowa Dale varsity radio uh, did you start out your career on special teams? Did you work your way up? Yeah, yep. Um, so freshman year, I started on every single phase of special teams minus uh, field goal block and field goal. Um, and that was just a great opportunity for me to get into the environment and uh, learn what it takes to play at, at that level. Um, but also just how undervalued special teams is, I feel like, in, in collegiate football. And I feel like Coach LeVar Woods does a fantastic job um, every single year in and year out. Um, we have – some of the best special teams in, in the conference, but not, not only the conference, but in the country. Um, and I feel like that's kind of a, a facet a lot of people don't think about. So, How many points is it worth a game? Special teams? Four. Four? Easy. Oh, like how many do you think Like I'm get, we're getting from special teams? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. shoot, we can get 12 easy. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's that big a cushion. Yeah, exactly. Like when we're going in the game, I mean, we know like our field, when we put our field kicker past like the 40, like he's going he's gonna to make it. So, and just, I mean, Porter Taylor's invaluable, pinning them deep and being able to get an offensive coordinator's playlist from here to here. Yeah. Um, that, that helps a lot as well. Yeah. So Jack, good to meet you, yeah, man. Nice Best you. of luck. Jack Campbell with a sale varsity radio. We're here at big 10 media days. They got a little, chirpy towards the end but really good insight on just some football talk from from jack there and uh, he'll be uh, playing some good ball yeah it should be noted cleveland.com preseason poll uh picked him as your big 10 defensive player of the year so yeah he's he's big time he is big time guy who knows a thing or two about uh, playing linebacker barry alvarez we sat down with the uh, husker hall of famer wisconsin uh, ad and Special assistant to the commissioner about expansion, the Big Red, and uh, the Big Ten. All that on the way with Hale Varsity. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show 
podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back in Hail Varsity Radio, we're here at uh, Big Ten Media Days. Chris Schmidt and uh, legendary uh, athletic director Barry Alvarez with us here uh, on Radio Row. Ears bleeding. Sorry about that. You're pretty loud in my ear here. Still? good okay <laughs> well it's one way to, to to start things off coach good to see you again thanks yeah, for, thank for stopping by and uh, a lot to, to talk about I want to get your thoughts though first and foremost about USC and UCLA the expansion for the Big Ten uh, the process that uh, it entailed and and getting that yes I mean that was a, a big not only newsmaker but but awesome for the conference a, a conference you love yeah you know what I, I was really excited when it happened, Kevin called me and uh, told me that it was they're in the process of making that happen. I think it was, I haven't heard one negative thing about it. No. Uh, I, I just think it's uh, the two schools are a, a good fit. You bring the, you know, you take the conference to the West Coast um, in, in schools that uh, are brand names. And uh, I, I just I, I just think it's super. It's really a very positive for the league. Was it necessary for the league, in your opinion, to, to expand and I don't want to say keep up with the SEC, but add, add two brands like that? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was necessary. I just think it, uh, it was good for the league. Mm-hmm. I think it added to the league. It was positive for the league, but I don't think it was necessary. I don't think you had to do that. Mm-hmm. Barry Alvarez with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Coaches, we, uh, we look – uh, towards the uh, expansion and have UCLA and USC. What do you envision uh, with the Big Ten? Your thought, would you go divisionless? Would you do pods? How would you break it up? I, I could see uh, no divisions, uh, just one league. You know, you may protect uh, protect natural rivalries. Mm-hmm. Um and then rotate the schedule. I just think it's important that a student athlete goes through four or five years. You know, I would, I would like to play at every campus, mm-hmm. every, every, every play, every school and be on every campus. I think that's in every stadium that that's in the league. I think that's part of, you know, being in the big 10. So that, that's what I, that's what I would like. That, that's what I could see. When we look at uh, kind of the natural rivalries, you have Nebraska, you have Wisconsin, you have Iowa, those three, and, and then you factor in Minnesota, uh, but but then Nebraska is no longer the furthest west stopping point in the Big Ten. Do you in, incorporate uh, a pod, so to speak, of of those schools I mentioned, and then and then the two two west coast schools? Yeah, I, I don't know that. Um, I, I would just say, in, in Wisconsin's case, you protect Minnesota. Wisconsin's the longest ongoing rivalry in college football. Mm-hmm. So you got to protect that. When we went, we had the legends and leaders. We didn't play Iowa for a few years. Now that's a, you know, we're 
three hours away. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great game for our fans to get to. You got to protect that game. Uh, and, and with my ties in Nebraska, um, th- those three are really a natural mm-hmm. uh, for, for Wisconsin to protect. Uh, and everybody's a little bit different, but protect those games and then rotate the rest of them. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's about as simple as it can be. Barry Alvarez with us. Coach, a uh, thought on Wisconsin this year. Uh, really talented uh, on the offensive line historically. That was an emphasis for you. Defensively, uh, you fly around to the football. And Allen, man, he was something to watch carrying the football yeah. last year. Such a young player, but such a really dynamic back. Kind of ballparked the Badgers this year for us. You know, I, I think we have a chance. You know, defensively, we got a lot, have a lot returning. I think Jimmy Leonard does a tremendous job running that defense. Um, you know, keeps a lot of pressure on the offenses. So, I, I you know, I, I figure we'll be very good on defense. Um, I think our line is good. That's where I always start. You know, you go to the offensive line. If you've got a good offensive line, you've got a chance. And then I thought Braylon, as, as, as the season went along, you just saw him get better. He's a kid came in. They were going to play him at fullback. Or, excuse me, at linebacker. And, and, and Paul, like Paul said, he'd have been a good linebacker. He'd have played for us last year at linebacker. I mean, he could play any place. And uh, so you just saw him get better, and he'll, he'll take another step this year. Um, you know, you, you, you want Graham to, to have a good year. Your, your quarterback has to play well mm-hmm. uh, if you want to be a good football team. So a lot's going to, you know, re- depend on how, how well he plays and how consistent he is. Coach, we'll let you go on this. Uh, I thought on Nebraska, Coach Frost just at the podium. I know Trev's around here anxious for a, a, a good season for Nebraska. Scott wants that. You have 15 new faces in the portal uh, that have played and, and played at some bigger programs. We saw what Michigan State did last year with Coach Tucker and really doing well with Kenneth Walker in the portal. How big a task is that, in your opinion, uh, for Nebraska with not only new names on staff, Raiola, a name you know well, and recruiting. One of my all-time favorite players. Yeah. Uh, so what's uh, what's in store for Nebraska here? What do you yeah, look at I, this season? Um, I, I've never had to deal with that issue in that many transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that, you know, Mal Tucker, one of my former players, yeah. did a great job of incorporating, you know, his transfers last year. But that, that's a coach's job to, to have them – you know, fit in and be a part of that team and, uh, and everybody buy into them uh, and, and, and create a chemistry that works. But, uh, you know, I, Nebraska's close. I thought they were a good team last year. I, I mean, I, I, sit, I sit back and I look at their record. I can't believe it because I thought they were a pretty good football team. And Scotts, they're right there. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why they shouldn't be successful. Barry Alvarez with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Hall of Fame Husker and uh, Badger uh, here at uh, Media Days in Indy. Coach, always appreciate seeing you. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Barry Alvarez there reiterating how close he thought Nebraska was and the the track they're on. And it's uh, fascinating to – I mean, Barry is is part of the special assistant work to uh, Commissioner Warren. You bet your – you know what, he – had a thought and for sure a take on getting USC and, and UCLA in the mix. And Barry's history with Notre Dame um, be uh, be pretty big here when it comes to uh, maybe getting the Irish to 
to make a call. Ted emailed in uh, when it comes to Scott Frost and media day today. If Scott was acting tough to set the tone for the players, okay. If he was petulant to avoid media pressure, not cool. That having been said, I'm totally pulling for Frost to succeed. Always love hearing from Ted and uh, his thoughts on football. But, yeah, it was just kind of quick and, and to the point and just uncomfortable is the best yeah. way I'll put it. it. It struck me as a guy who just did not want to be there. Exactly. And you don't want to be there because you're going to get questions and then there's pressure and there's already implied pressure on top of your own internal pressure, right? Uh, so, yeah, it was just uncomfortable and <laughs> uh, it it felt like that press conference right before Illinois last year where it was just short and tight and, God, you, here comes the storm and you can't do anything about it. Uh, plenty to do about it. Nebraska gets to work tomorrow as camp starts. Garrett Nelson, one of the leaders on black shirts, his sit-down with us as we wind down from day one at Indy on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Wrapping up day one of Big Ten Media Days as uh, Chris Schmidt currently being shown the door out at Lucas Oil Stadium. They looked at him and said, you've been here 13 hours, you need to leave. Just kidding, but uh, Schmidt will be back at Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow as uh, we'll get uh, seven more Big Ten teams going up and down radio. Row more interviews coming your way tomorrow on the show. But before we get out of here, uh, we sat down with Garrett Nelson this morning. This was uh, about 8 a.m. this morning before the Husker football team hopped back on the plane. Some good thoughts here from Garrett Nelson on uh, really what, what his expectations are for himself here in 2022. I have a higher expectation for myself. Um, you know, I, I expect more of myself. I want more for myself. So um, just improving on the, the season I've, I've had before. Um, and, and that summer was a big part of it. Um, had a really deep sit-down talk with my dad. Um, truly talk, taking these, uh, what is it, nine months of spring and summer uh, before the fall and being truly professional about what you're doing and, and, and uh, planned out and thought out. Um, you know, not saying that I wasn't taking it seriously before, but uh, really honing on on every single detail of my life and my lifestyle, how uh, I become the best player I can be, a best leader I can be, a best teammate I can be. Garrett Nelson's with us here at Big Ten Media Days on KFOR Alpha Media, and that sit down. That's that's uh, that's uh, that's a grown up thing to do. Was mm-hmm. it was it uh, a, a difficult chat? Was it a, a chat that that you had with your dad that was? refreshing i mean was it emotional i mean take us through the not necessarily the specifics mm. but just the 
the details, I it, guess. It was all, I mean, my, my dad's my best friend, and he will never lie to me. Um, you know, he, he wants the best for me, and, uh, you know, if having that hard conversation or, you know, emotional conversation during that time that needed to happen, and, and it happened, uh, you know, he, he always has my back, and I know that, uh, you know, forever. But, um, you know, I, having his guidance and understanding where, where he came from as a Division One wrestler and uh, how I can improve and put some of those aspects of, of his life into my life, uh, you know, to apply it to the football world and me as a teammate and as a leader. Garrett, where can this defense go in 2022? Uh, really solid defense last season. You lost some pieces. You've added some new faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, putting it on my shoulders personally, uh, I as when coaches say that we need one more sack or um, you know, my expectations as a rush end and uh, everybody in the in the D line room to come over the walls and get that one more sack and get more turnovers and you know be more ferocious up front. Uh, just as a position group, that's what we want. But as a defense, it's, you know, like you said, we had a very solid defense last year, and, and building off of that block and understanding that's the standard now, and we can only go up from there. Um, that that's what you can expect. Garrett Nelson's with us here on KFOR. Garrett, a thought on. Uh, your unit on that defensive line, some new faces and, and some old faces. You specifically, Caleb Tanner, of course. Uh, Oshan's in there. Uh, and then the secondary. How, how are both those units going to mesh this year as we say goodbye? Um, yes, they're separate units, but yes, we're on one defense, and we have to understand that. We are all tied in this giant system together. Um, being honest with each other, like you said, with the accountability and, and bringing everybody together, um, always almost like in a volleyball huddle. And understanding, and understanding, yeah. you know what are what we need to do on this series or on this player, this part of practice, and all, all collectively being one mind and understanding that mindset and that mentality that we have, that Blackshirt mentality. We found that last year. We know what it is. We know what the standard is, and we got to hold everybody accountable. That you know, and we talk about it every day. Garrett Nelson, Garrett. Appreciate seeing you again, man. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for for, uh, for stopping by. Of course. On the cover of Hale Varsity Magazine, uh, Garrett. You take care, bud. Thank you. They'll do it for us here in Hale Varsity Radio. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a Wednesday from Big Ten Media Days. A Huda Media Production.